today on CityCast Salt Lake. At the edge of Sugar House Park used to sit a sizzler. It wasn't gorgeous, but it wasn't the worst. And now we kind of miss it because it's looking like that real estate will be taken over by a come-and-go gas station, KUM and GEO. And that will turn the corner of 21st South and 13th East into what Building Salt Lake editor Taylor Anderson calls a car sewer. Salt Lakers are pissed. Is there still time to stop this project? It's Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Taylor Anderson, there's so much chatter about the come and go that is planned for the corner of, what is that, Sugarhouse Park? What's that intersection? It's 21st South and 13th East. That's right, yep. And what people are saying is they want to put a gas station there. Who is they? So they is like the owner, the owner of this land after the Sizzler went, uh, at least this location went out of business said, okay, I'm gonna, now's a pretty good time to sell real estate. I'm gonna try to make some money on this. They've owned it for decades and they put it on the market. And that's why we're talking about this. This isn't like it's part of the park that is now, somebody says, hey, a gas station would be great in the park. It's just private property and it's, it's a business deal is kind of what's happening between two private players. So has that piece of land already been sold then, or is it like still in the process of being sold? Like where are we at in this decision making? What's interesting is it went up for sale for, I was told $7 million, a little bit over $7 million, which yeah, oof, oof is wow. right. Uh, yeah. But the owner was also interested in a long-term lease. If somebody paid and I was told it was $250,000 a year, they, you know, the owner would retain ownership, but then, you know, there's a, a long-term tenant, just like the Sizzler was a long-term tenant on mm. the land. So it was always an option. It was for sale or for, for lease, which is something that happens in commercial real estate every now and again. And okay. what's happening now is the gas station representatives are trying to move forward with a long-term lease that the owner has agreed to uh, if they can get permission from the city to build it. Yeah. One of the things that I do when I'm driving around Salt Lake is I look at parcels of land or buildings that are abandoned, and I have a feeling you do this too. And I say to myself, why isn't this housing? Why a gas station across the street from a gas station? And I know there are people that are like, they don't even want it to be, they would rather it be like a walk-up ice cream stop, but like, why not housing? That's what everything else is. Well, somebody tried, and I think there's a, there's a lot of layers here. I mean, we have been, as, as students of Salt Lake City, watching the city grow and move and change, there's a lot of angst around how quickly Sugar House is growing and moving and changing. And, you know, there's a lot of housing that's being built in this general vicinity. So a lot of the kind of old timers, quote unquote, in Salt Lake City have seen it go from like a kind of low slung building, you know, funky shops, furniture shops, you know, mm-hmm. and, and dive bars to like this shiny new, you know, seven story building with ground floor retail, just something different that wasn't there before. It's not the sugar house that a lot of people knew. Yeah. And so, you know, when you hear like another one of those is going to go to where it's currently not allowed, which was kind of key. I mean, somebody tried to build housing here and... Yeah. 
the neighborhood was up in arms about that proposal because of what's kind of been happening at rapid speed elsewhere in the neighborhood. And so when given a voice, the neighborhood kind of spoke up and said, no more housing, especially not next to our park. We want the candy shop. We want the ice cream shop. We want a bar. There was a lot of people that said, we want a bar here, but Utah law doesn't allow that. And what they're getting instead is kind of tragically this gas station. I mean, yeah, the gas station does feel like a real tragedy. It also feels like sometimes Utah laws are our own worst enemy because we have we like dream up what things could be. And then by the time we get thwarted by Utah laws, it's like too late because someone behind some closed doors who knew exactly what the rules were was already making a deal. Is that Mm -hmm. like an accurate depiction of what happened here? Basically, what this comes down to is the importance of knowing the zoning process. And, you know, the the 18-year-old me would just kick myself in the butt for saying, like, zoning is the coolest thing ever. But you hear, like, when you're invested in a city, when you care about what happens and the changes that are going on, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of it goes back to what is allowed, what the city has written on a piece of paper. You can go look up if you care to do so and what can and cannot be built there. You know, so, yes, there's state law here. That's what prevented a bar from being... Uh, built or from opening in this existing building. Mm-hmm. But it also comes down to why isn't it housing? Well, the, the zoning type that this property is, is kind of difficult to make housing work. So you would have to yeah. go through this public process with a lot of neighbors who aren't really happy with the way that Sugar House is being developed to say, can I have your permission? It doesn't exactly work like that, but kind of, you know, like, yeah. what do you guys think of housing? And a lot of them said, no way we want a bar. No way we want this or that. Zoning didn't allow that. And so it was just this uphill battle the whole way. So I don't think there's anybody behind like closed doors doing anything, at least in this case. It's just like the way that it was to begin with. And one developer was like, hey, I'll try to do housing if you don't want to see something else. Hmm. And the neighborhood was like, no, I want to see something beautiful. It's you know, return it to the park, make it like a something we can all use. And um, what they got instead was like a, a type of business that can pay the high rent for this pristine property. So it's kind of tragic. Yeah. I mean, in the words of Alanis Morissette, isn't it ironic? <laughs> I feel like that's it's it feels really brutal. And I think the question that people have right now is like, is it too late? Is it too late to not have the come and go? Or is like, is this written at this point? So I'm an optimist. Okay. I don't have a say either way, but always it's better to be optimistic than than pessimistic in my view. Yeah. This does technically need another layer of approval. Okay. A gas station in the zoning. This is community business zoning. And the owner and the business, they're not trying to change the zoning. Mm. But what that zoning type says is, Land that is zoned community business can have a gas station with a conditional use permit. And that basically goes to the city staff and there's like a list of conditions that they all look and say, okay, does this fit in with the surrounding? Does it create any detrimental effects for the surrounding area? Mm. And after they do that review, they hand it over to this kind of government body called the planning commission mm-hmm. and says basically this government body the planning commission does have to say yes or no we will issue this conditional use permit for the come and go at sugar house park okay and whether they're going to step out on a, on a limb and, and try to kind of you know flex their authority as the planning commission and and reject this 
because I've heard from a number of members that maybe a gas station doesn't make sense right next to a regional park. And another gas um, station maybe. across the street. And a, across the street yeah. from another gas station. That is to be seen. I think we'll find out in November mm-hmm. what that what that process is going to be. But really, like, the writing is on the wall, but there's always a chance to speak out. You never know like if you're going to tip that you know, change the mind of the property owner, change the mind of the come and go representatives to say like the community doesn't want this even more than they didn't want housing before. Right. There's a public comment right now. So it's, you know, as long as you have those avenues, just don't let anybody tell you that it's over until it is. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. It does seem like these come and go people are, uh, they're not going to come and go. Like they said, I think you reported this, they want to build 30 locations in Utah by 2026. It's hard to believe that they would back out of this deal. But if people want to like contact members of the planning commission, like who are these people? Like how would you go about applying pressure? So for any kind of conditional use permit like this or any like big design review, any big development in the city, there's generally a planner that's assigned to that project. Mm-hmm. And then the, the planner or the planning uh, division, these these full-time staffers that work for the city on issues as important as this one, they create a web page with the information, the application. You can read as much or as little about that specific project as you want. And there's always a place to either grab an email or, you know, direct your comment to the right person. So right now it's probably best to find the planning commission's email to submit public comment and then also CC the planner that is assigned to this come and go application. And you would find them just by Googling come and go project? You you probably would. Salt Lake City come and go project. It would probably come up pretty good. Salt Lake City has a pretty good website. Yeah. You know, I always say, you know, try to be civil, try to get some of your facts straight. Because again, it's not they, it's not the city doing this. Mm -hmm. Like like the city has already written the rules that we're all operating under. And this is just one of those processes playing out. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good way to just, you know, say, hey, here are my, my thoughts as a Salt Lake City resident or a watcher of Salt Lake City. And yeah, there's, there's always a a way to, to have your voice heard in the city. I imagine you're not thrilled about the idea of the come and go gas station. You described this in one of your articles in Building Salt Lake as a car sewer. I mean, you really weave a tapestry of words with car sewer. But are there other things you're hearing from people? If I'm scrolling through the Planning Commission's inbox, what are the biggest complaints against the come and go? I mean, a lot of it is there's some environmental complaints because we're talking about storing gasoline on a hill above a park. Like it's. We have creeks flowing through here. We have 
we've reserved it as our community space. And now we're going to have gasoline being stored in tanks underground. Mm. You know, I don't know how often those leak, but I've just seen that as a concern. So the environmental piece is is a lot of it. And then just it's going to attract a lot of traffic. It's just people in and out all day, every day from 13 South and 21st South. Sorry, it's actually a come and go, not an in and out. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to I hate to correct the record here, Taylor, but, you know, Chick-fil-A type traffic in our neighborhoods. And, you know, that will be one thing that the planning commission and the and the planning division will be looking at for this. I asked the planning director, you know, is this a done deal? And he kind of, he keeps kind of being like, it's never over till it's over, not promising to do one thing one mm. way or the other, but that like, mm. we're looking at it. We're seeing, are there any detrimental effects like that? You know, cause they're hearing yeah. a lot of people complain about the traffic, complain about how like, we should be able to just walk you know, right into the park, right? There's Right. There's a way to do it, but then if you're just strolling past the Barnes & Noble up 21st South, up all these other local businesses, and you just want to jaunt into the park, you're going to have to cross like some pretty hostile places, and this is going to be one more attractant to just drive your car through Sugar House. You know, so there's a lot yeah. of kind of concerns about that that are being raised, too. Yeah, and I think the other big one, I mean, basically you just said this, but like the vibes, the vibes are off. Like, the vi- like a gas station vibes are not like cute neighborhood vibes. And so what I think is interesting in particular about this proposal and this project is how it's raised people's hackles. And to your point earlier about like, look, these are laws, these are regulations that are implemented long before these kinds of projects are on the table. And so where you want to get involved is not when it's too late, when you're mad, when you're like, how did this happen? I imagine it's way earlier in the zoning process? Like, what would you say to people who are like, okay, fine then, I want to become a zoning expert. Now what? Right. I mean, there's a map you can go to if you want to nerd out like this and pull it up. It's every single parcel of land in Salt Lake City. And you can click on that and read a little snippet about what zoning, what it's zoned today and what that zoning generally allows. And a lot of Mm -hmm. listeners might be surprised, like they look out their window and they see, you know, the same type of building. They might see single family houses or they might see duplexes and they might be surprised to find out like, oh, somebody could have built a big apartment building across the street just because it's not there today. doesn't mean it's not allowed. And it it happens all the time where developers are saying, hey, we're going to do this in your neighborhood. And they're saying, you can't do that. Well, they can. It's been allowed for a long time. It's just that the market today has decided it's going to happen today. It didn't happen yesterday. Now's the time. Now's the time. So it's just, you know, and and then from there, it's like once you have that information, you can, everyone can decide how civically engaged they want to be as much or as little. We have community councils, we have planning commissions, we have all these different boards you can attend, weigh into, or join if you want to, you know, like once that light bulb is turned on and you become this beautiful nerd, this beautiful city nerd, (laughs) you know, you can do with that information what you will. And I think, you know, a lot of people like have this little spark. It could be a project like this, or it could be any number of things that they just didn't know how these processes played out. Now they do. And now it's just like a new way of life for them to try to change the city that they live in. And that's an opportunity for everybody. It's not just talk, you know, that's the talk that when I was 18 years old, I would just be like, man, whatever. But, you know, when I care about Salt Lake City, like you find the ways that you can raise your voice and use it in a way to build the city that you want to live in and that you want your friends and family to live in. So that's an, an opportunity. Those are some of the ways that you can flex your civic muscles, I guess, or grow them and then flex them. (laughs) 
Taylor Anderson, thank you so much. And everyone should become a member of Building Salt Lake. It's a fantastic resource and you all do such great work. It's a, a community of nerds for nerds. So, you know, come join if you want. But thanks for having me on. I love CityCast. <laughs> Now that you are hot for zoning, there are two more things to tell you. First, the Planning Commission has set a tentative date to discuss the conditional use permit for the come and go in Sugar House. That date is Wednesday, November 9th. If you want to submit questions, comments, and concerns ahead of the meeting, I put the link for public comment in the show notes. You know this, of course, but you catch more flies with honey, so be constructive. Okay. The second thing is that if you are a registered voter in Salt Lake City, there will be an $85 million parks bond on your ballot this November. If passed, the bond will be used to give some of our parks and green spaces a little facelift, or a big one. There's a website with maps for all the projects and specific ideas for spending the money. It's slcparksbond.com. Give it a browse on your lunch break. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you like this show, will you please leave us a cheeky review in Apple Podcasts? I know you have a lot to do today, but I promise it will just take a minute and it will make four hardworking young women extremely happy. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.